I want to greet you. It's wonderful to see you all here in the house of the Lord. And I want to say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, feel at home in this place here at Go Center. And I want to welcome those of you who have joined us on television. And I want to ask all of uh, my brothers and sisters and friends here at Go Center to give you a very, very special welcome as you join us at Go Center. We are continuing with the teachings from the Word of God and the main heading, which we have been now going on for a number of weeks, is family under attack. We realize that, you know, the enemy of our lives, the enemy of our souls is really targeting many, many families. And maybe you are aware of a family or you have an experience of your own where family has been attacked and is shaken to its core. But you know, God has given us his word so that we are able to know what to do in order to, 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 to you know, ward off the attacks of the enemy and to win the battle against the forces of darkness. So today I'm going to speak about bear with each other, bear with each other. And I'm going to read from the book of Colossians. I'm going to start Colossians chapter 3 verse 13 and I'm going to read from the NIV. Later on I will read from the New Living Translation but I want to read from the NIV to start with and it says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Praise God. That's a very important uh, sentence. Just three words. And be thankful. We are going to come back to that. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2, it says, carry each other's burden and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burden and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And then I'm going to take you to the book of Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 and the Bible reads here, and I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Praise the Lord. So I want to give you hope today. You know, if you are on the way, if the work is still at its infancy or right in between, you know, and you think, how will it continue? I want to tell you, the, the Lord who started a good work in you has the power, has the ability, has the willingness, has the joy to continue with this work until it is finally done. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for this wonderful time in your presence. And I pray, Lord, let this time which we spend together here listening to your word, a word of building, a word of fruitfulness, a word of understanding, a word of knowing you better than ever before. Lord Jesus, I pray that you speak to us through your Holy Spirit, and I pray, Lord, remove every obstacle which hinders us to hear, not only with our ears, but with our hearts, 
hear the word of the Lord. Lord, I pray, let your Holy Spirit work in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bear each other's burden. And uh, in order to make this uh, a little bit more uh, amplified, I want to take you again to the same scripture we have been reading, and I read a little bit more from the New Living Translation. Let me read from Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. And this time I'm reading from the New Living Translation. New Living Translation is a translation which is very much the way we talk today. Some people don't like it so much because they say it's diluting the word of God. I don't think that's really true, you know, but of course those of you who think so, you can still go back to King James if you understand this very well and uh, read the King James English. As for me, I have got some difficulties. I'm not born King James, you know, uh, old style English, so I, I would rather go with uh, the, the, the fluent today's language. But praise the Lord, I'm always comparing what the different uh, um, translations are saying. What matters is what God says. Amen. Now the Bible says here, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must close yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Verse 13. Make allowance for each other's fault and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, close yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Praise the Lord. Now we are talking about bearing with each other. It is a reality that when two people live together, not only will they see nice and good days, but they will also see, you know, the times when things seem to be tough, when they struggle, not only together, but also struggle with one another. And it's so important that we realize that when we are together, we should learn to bear with each other. You know, if there is a burden which is found in your home, maybe between two spouses or between parents and children, you know, make sure that you deal with that burden and that you carry that burden. Uh, now, before I go on, let me just show you something. I've got a paper prepared for you, and I want to just consider that paper very carefully. Just see, check what you see. What do you see on this paper? If the camera can come a little bit closer, it would be nice. What can you see on this uh, paper? Okay. Somebody says, I can see a black spot. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. 
praise God. I have heard, I can see a black spot, I can see a black spot, I can see a black dot. Yes, it's true. But somebody said, I can see a white space. Praise God for that. You know, have you noticed, uh, I know why, why my brother said I see a white space, because he knows that, that example already. You know, but naturally, naturally, when you see a black spot on the white shirt, you forget about the white shirt. You only see the black spot. You know, we are so conditioned in our lives that we always focus on the stuff which is out of the normal, out of the usual, out of alignment. The stuff which is bad. Now, if you look at that black spot, how many percent is covering the white space? Now, I don't know exactly, but I can tell you it is definitely less, much less than 10%, maybe 5%, maybe 3%. Okay? Especially if I open the paper up and see even more white space. Okay? But there's still one black spot. So, you know, the black spot in relation to the white sheet of paper is very small. And yet, it can cause a lot of irritation when you see something negative having happened, having gone on in the life of somebody who is close to you, of somebody who you love, or somebody in your family, you know, it always causes a lot of friction. So before you blow up, because of the speck, because of the black spot you see, also learn to consider all the good things which that person represents who you got mad about right now. You understand? Think about all the good, nice things you have received from that person or you have heard from that person, good words, encouragement, you know, help, practical help in one way or the other. Just consider that for a moment. The Bible says, and be thankful. And it's a good, good advice I want to give all of us, including myself, you know, that we should begin to give thanks for our spouse or for the person you got mad about before you begin to complain about him or her. That's a good, good rule. So next time you want to blow up because of a black spot which you have been focusing on, you know, why don't you take a step back and look not only at the black spots, but look at the bigger picture. And remember all the good things which you have received from that person because it will help you to react in the right way. You know, not angrily, not uh, negatively, not destructively, but positively and constructively. All right? Now, let's not forget about that. We are all human beings. We all make mistakes. If you discover a black spot in somebody's life, I can be, uh, or let me say, I want to assure you that somebody also discovered a black spot in your life. Are we together? That's for sure. And so, because we need forgiveness from one another, we must be also bearing with each other. We must make allowances for the shortcomings of one another. It's so important. You know, Jesus tells us that we forgive as we are forgiven.
forgiven. Okay, that's the Lord's prayer. And even here in the book of Colossians, it is very, very clear that we should forgive as the Lord forgave us. Every single one of us who is here today is a person forgiven. Forgiven by the Lord. If he had not forgiven us, we would not be alive. And even if you have not yet received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, let me tell you, the grace of God is upon your life right now so that you turn away from wrong ways, bad ways, evil ways, and come to him and receive the complete forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So that's the good news. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And then the word of God continues, and over all these virtues, you know, the forgiveness, the positive reaction, we must put on love. We must coat the nice sweet cake with an even more sweeter coat of love. Everything will be different in the family when we do that. So make allowance for your friend's faults. You know, if you are getting mad about your children, remember you have been a child once. You know, adults sometimes forget that they have not fallen out of the sky as adults, but they came into this world as children also. And, uh, you know, sometimes we tend to forget. In the last few weeks, I've taken a bit of time to write down some of these memories which come from my childhood, and I, I remember about the many many instances where my parents had something to complain about me. Of course, they were always wrong, at least in my opinion. <laughs> now today, of course, I know they were not wrong. They were very right because uh, my, my brother, myself, and a few boys from the neighborhood, we were very, very naughty boys, you know. If you see me today, don't think I've always been the way I am today. And it's good to remember that. It's good to remember that. You know, today, sometimes we make so ser such a serious uh, uh, face. You know, when people look at us, they say, oh, yeah, this is somebody very, very uh, distinguished, you know. And sometimes we want to express our distinguishedness with our clothing. And that's not wrong. It's okay. Continue doing that. But uh, what, what is important is that we realize and remember we have a history and in our life, many things have gone the wrong way. There are many spots in our past. And praise God, praise God. I say it again, praise be to our God that he sent Jesus Christ into this world to deal with those spots. And so when you discover a spot somewhere else, make sure that you are not without mercy that you are not getting annoyed as if you are without a spot yourself. It's very interesting, you know, when somebody discovers something which is not so good in our life, we always have an excuse. Have you noticed that? You know, the same mistake uh, committed by somebody else, we can hammer down on that person. But if it's us, we have a good excuse for it. So 
make allowances, the Bible says, for each other's fault, as we do for our own as well. Jesus said, you know, when you discover a splinter in somebody's eye, a speck into somebody's eye, make sure that you are not becoming too mad because there may be a lock in your own eye and you don't even see it. Are we together? This is the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Bible says we should forgive our offender more especially, and I want to underline this, more especially if the offender is somebody who is so close to us, maybe our children, maybe our parents, maybe our spouse. You know, how can you permanently remain mad about somebody who is so close to you, who is of your own flesh and blood? Don't allow the devil to separate you. I've talked about that in the past, and I want to say it again. Don't allow the devil to separate you. Don't allow him to put a wedge between the two of you as spouses or even between the parents and the children. Always remember that God has given his life for our sin, and we all need that blood of Jesus to cleanse us from our unrighteousness. All of us. Amen? So let's not get overly worked up with anger, but let's have mercy for each other, tender-hearted mercy, as the Word of God is uh, calling us. Kindness, humility, great gentleness, and patience. That is what ought to come from our life. Let the peace of God rule in your home. Let the peace of God rule in your own heart. You know, it always begins from one's heart. You cannot have peace in your family if you don't have peace in your heart. Some people have started wars with nations simply because they had no peace in their own heart. So, you know, because you don't want to fight yourself, you want, don't want to, uh, you rip out your own heart, you fight somebody else. It begins to fight with our spouse, to fight with our children, but the problem is that there is no peace in our hearts. And so, dear brothers and sisters, dear friends watching us on television today, I want to tell you, please make sure that you have the peace of God in your heart. Because if you have the peace of God in your heart, you can be full of grace. You can sit back and say, come on, let's work this thing out together. Together we can make it. Together, we can overcome. My next point. Consider the law of Christ and emulate his love. The book of Galatians says in chapter 6 verse 2, as I've been reading, carry each other's burden. And that is the way how we fulfill the law of Christ. Now, do you know that there is a law of Christ? You know, many people think that Jesus came to abolish every law which, is ever, uh, which has ever been brought into this world, and now we have got complete freedom, we have got complete uh, liberty, we can do whatever we like and wish. Let me tell you, one thing is clear. Jesus came to fulfill all the laws we had no chance ever to make to fulfill. Amen? We cannot fulfill the law 
And the Bible tells us if we are not able to fulfill the law completely, we have failed the whole law altogether. And that's why Jesus gave us freedom and liberty by him fulfilling the law and the demands of God. Now we are walking in the law of Christ if you have received Jesus Christ as your Savior. But that means you have to abide by his love. You have to abide by his ways. And you know, the Bible tells us very clearly that Jesus came as the answer of our God in heaven. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Hallelujah. You know, he gave. And you know what he came to do? He came to pick up the burden of mankind so that we are no longer burdened by sin and unrighteousness, but that we are able to live in the freedom which comes through Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And so this is the law of Christ, which is a wonderful law of deliverance because it sets you free from the demand which is pushing you down, knowing that you cannot fulfill the law as a whole, but knowing that Christ has fulfilled that law. But at the same time, you are bound to Christ now. And that means whatever Christ is, you need to be in your own life. Whatever Christ does, you need to follow him doing. That's why Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey me. Jesus said, my burden is not heavy. My burden is light. Hallelujah. Jesus came to deliver us, not to deliver us so that we can now sin freely, but to deliver us from the, from the bondage to do the things which we don't want to do, the things which the devil wants us to commit, and that is evil and darkness and sin. We have been freed by the power and the love of God. So, husbands, I've got a word for you. Carry your wife's burden. Wives, I want to tell you, carry your husband's burden. Good message, isn't it? Sometimes people live by a different kind of standard. I have seen in so many marriages that even so they may not say that explicitly, but they say, woman, carry your own burden and carry mine too. <laughs> you know, in tradition you have seen that, huh? The man is walking in front, just freely alone, whistling, nicely, you know. Then the woman comes behind, loaded on top, babies on the back, you know, suitcases on the left, on the right. <laughs> Carry each other's burden. You know, I, I, must, I must say, I must ad admire the women, you know, who are carrying the burden, you know. But men, I want to tell you, it starts with you. It starts with the men. Carry each other's burden. Don't add your burden again to your spouse. We are always good in creating another burden for somebody. But Jesus said, pick up the burden from the shoulders of somebody else and 
take care of that burden. And you will be blessed. You know, and Jesus says, you know, my burden is light. You will see that when you pick the burden of somebody, God is going to give you more strength to carry that burden. And you will bring harmony into the home. You will bring joy into the home because suddenly the burden is no longer separating you. And you know, if both of us in a marriage do that, that we carry each other's burden, you know, that we are always standing by to help each other, hey, things will become so light. You know, in homes where things are tough, People throw the burdens at each other. No, it's your, po- it's your job. It's not my job. It's your job, you know? And every time people are angry about each other. But if you say, let me carry your burden. Let me pick up this difficulty, this hardship, this problem. You know, your spouse will come along and say, ah, you have done so good to me. Now let me also carry your burden. Amen. And that is the law of Christ, you know. This is what Jesus has shown to us. Jesus never said, you must first of all do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, up to Z and beyond. But he said, I have come so that you have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus has come to carry our burden. And when he was nailed to the cross, he was not nailed there for himself. He was nailed there because of our sin. Hallelujah. So, Jesus came to carry our burden. He gave us a great and wonderful example, and that example we should follow. So, consider the law of Christ and emulate that type of love which Jesus has for this world, even up to today, that he goes out of his way to find us where we are lost. You know, Jesus used parables time and again, talking about a lost coin, a lost son, a lost sheep. And you can see that, you know, the shepherd is going after his sheep until he finds that sheep. And let me tell you, God is so good. He loves us so much that he will not, you know, avoid any cost in order to find us wherever we are. And when he finds us, he will carry us on his own shoulder. Every burden which we which we have been carrying on our own, he will put on his own shoulder. Hallelujah. That's why we are delivered to carry each other's burden as well. You know, let me tell you, without Christ, we cannot really do it. And that's why I I want to tell those of you who don't know Jesus as your Savior, you need to know him as your Lord. You need to come to him and allow him to Remove the burden of sin from your life because otherwise you will not be able to carry somebody's burden at all. So Christ is our standard. The Bible is commanding husbands, and I'm saying commanding, I'm not saying uh, asking. No, he's commanding. He says, husbands, love your wife. Amen? It's a command. And then he says, as Christ loves the church, not love according to your own description. You know, the kind of love which is found in this world by the description of human beings is absolutely outrageous, absolutely destructive. You know, there is love which is not love, but which is hatred, you know, 
hidden behind the mantle of sugar coating, which is called love. But that's not love. Love will go an extra mile. Love will lay down one's very best, like Jesus laid down his own life in order to bring hope and the future to others. So the Bible says, close yourself. I'm so glad that before you came here, you closed yourself. You know, praise the Lord. And you look good, you know. I must say, you look good. Congratulations. Tell your neighbor, you look good. If you see some clothes which don't look good, look at their face, you know. Especially when somebody is smiling. You know, don't we look good when we are smiling? That's wonderful, isn't it? But you see, just like we take time to put nice clothes upon our body, we must take time to close ourselves with the values which God himself has given to us freely. The Bible says, close yourself. with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Praise God. You know, if there is disharmony in your home, and I've talked about disharmony before, you know, then let love take that uh, bad sound away and let harmony enter into your home. You see, it's the law of Christ which gives us freedom and joy which breaks all the bondage of the evil one. The Bible tells us hatred begets hatred. You know, if you retaliate, somebody else will retaliate again, and somebody else will retaliate again, and the cycle of violence will grow and grow and grow until finally, you know, either you are wiped out or you come to your senses. We can't continue like that. In many parts of the world, there are wars. And sometimes the wars are going on until all the ammunition is gone. You know, until they are in such a situation where people in the hundreds or in the thousands or in the hundred thousands have died. And then eventually they realize no one can win that war. And let me tell you, if you retaliate, you are on the devil's track. You will not win that battle. You need to lay down the right of retaliation and say, Lord, instead fill me with your love. And I'm not talking about the wars which have been fought in this world. I'm talking about the wars now which have been fought in the homes of couples, of parents and children. And these wars are there. They are real. They are very real right now. You know, I'm speaking to many people in different homes, and maybe in that home, there's been a call just an hour ago or last night. Who knows? Maybe even right now. Maybe you have come from a home where you realize things were not going well. But I want to tell you, retaliation will only take you down one cycle further. It's a downward spiral. Have you ever seen, you know, when the water is draining out of the bathtub, 
You know, if you put something small there, some leaf there, it turns around until it is sucked inside. And that's how people are sucked down by evil one, by the evil one. When we are continuing to retaliate, eventually we are the ones who are being sucked out and destroyed. So let that not happen in your marriage. Let that not happen in your family, but stand strong knowing that God is a good God and that you can make it with his help. Amen? Let me take you to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15. First Thessalonians 5.15, and I'm going to read up to verse 22. The Bible says, see that no one pays back evil for evil. Is that not what I was saying just now? Okay, don't retaliate, in other words. Don't pay back evil for evil. But always try to do good to each other and to all people. Do good to each other in your home, amongst you spouses, amongst you brothers and sisters, amongst you parents and children. Do good to each other and to all the others in the world you are going to meet as well. Okay, verse 16, always be joyful. You know, as long as you retaliate, there is no joy. But when you live in the love of God, you have reason to be joyful. Verse 17, never stop praying because we cannot do it on, your, on our own. Never stop praying. Verse 18, once again, be thankful in all circumstances, even in the bad ones. Okay, all is all, isn't it? Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies. But test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Hey, this is very good advice. And I want you to just not only read this word, but study this word and put it into practice. The word of God says, charity begins at home, isn't it? Because the Bible says, before you can be a blessing to others outside, you need to solve the problem within your own relationships at home. Okay, the Bible says, be always good to each other. And then, if you do it to each other in your own home circle, then you can do it to the outsiders you're going to meet somewhere else along the way. Praise God. Charity begins at home, but it spreads outside. If the root is all right, the fruits will also be good. Amen? If the fountain brings forth sweet water, then the people who are going to depend on that fountain, they will be blessed along the way. And you know, every one of us is a fountain. Now the question is, what comes out from your from your fountain? Is it uh, sweet water or is it bitter gall? I'm sure we have all met some people, when you taste from what they are producing, you run as fast as you can. Have you ever met somebody who said, I don't want to meet such a person anymore, you know? Never ever again. That's true. And I hope we are not the ones. 
You know, when people meet us that we are, that they are saying, oh, no, that, that one, no. You see, it's sad that sometimes Christians who are supposed to be the salt and the light of the world and who are supposed to really protect the world from decay are actually bringing down the name of Christ because they are not what they ought to be. Amen? And that's why I'm talking to you, you know. If you are not a blessing in your company, if you are not a blessing in your church, if you are not a blessing in your home, then you need to do something in your life. You need to come closer to Jesus Christ because I tell you, if the fountain brings out sweet waters, those who depend on that fountain will be blessed. You see, our home, our heart, our home is where all things come from, where all things flow from. The other day I was watching a, a documentary about a very, very successful man. And you know, I'm always careful when people are described as successful because I don't prescribe uh, when I hear to, you know, success is making money only. That may be good, you know, but it's not the, the whole story. It's just half the story. And you know, some people, they are escaping from the home because at home there is hell. So they are not trying to do good business and be very successful in their business life. But I tell you, that is just a mask. It's not real. Just because you can't make your home flourish, you are now trying to make the world flourish. You know, even if you manage, even if you make tons and tons of money, you are a failure. There was this documentary which talked about a very, very rich, influential man who built an empire in his life. And, you know, if you look only at the outside, you think this man was very successful. But if you look behind the scenes, you say, well, because, you know, uh, he was so busy with his business, his, uh, his uh, marriage didn't work, you know, the, the relationship between the children and him was strained and all these kind of things. But most of the time, people don't talk about this. But that's the real you. Hello? That's the real you. You are what you are at home. You are not what you are making yourself to look like when you are outside. You are what you are in your home. You are what you are in your bedroom. Where only your spouse sees you. That's what you really are. And if you are a failure there, you can escape trying to be something great somewhere else. But it is just a lie. It's tough news, isn't it? And some people may say, well, uh, I dispute that. Come and dispute it. I'll stand with you. No problem. When a fountain prospers, others will be blessed because of the water which flows from that fountain. If you prosper in your home, if you prosper in your heart, others will definitely get the spillover. You know, and the Bible says that we should overflow in 
the love of God. Amen? Philippians chapter 1 verse 9 says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more. More and more. Everybody say, more and more. Again. Praise the Lord. You see, this is what God wants. God wants us to be overflowing, to be a blessing. And you know, when you overflow, everything is easy. You know, people who are carrying or, or wearing masks, they always have to be careful that they are not discovered. You understand? They always have to walk in a certain way. They need a lot of security around themselves so that, you know, nobody can discover what is really behind the, the scenes. But somebody is genuine, truly a good person, a blessed person. He can walk freely. You know, you don't have to hide anything. Do you know that hiding is very difficult? Hiding is very, you know, because there are not many, many hiding places in this world. And especially when you are hiding behind a mask, you always have to make sure that it's not coming, that your real face is not coming out or that the mask will not drop one day. You know, somebody was asking me one question uh, at a certain, at a certain uh, gentleman. There was a certain gentleman who was always a nice man. But when he became older, he became a devil. And somebody said, how could it be that this man who was always nice and good, you know, who has always been helping others, suddenly was transformed to be such a devil? And I said to him, you know, he was always a devil, only you didn't know it. He was wearing a good mask. Now, when he became old, he couldn't manage to keep the mask in front of his face. And it's true, I'm telling you. Look at some old people. You know, they become very, very annoyed. You know, a sweet man, a sweet woman will always remain sweet. Always. Even if they are old, you know, I've known some old people, you know, who were almost not at the full capacity of their, uh, their own thinking anymore, but they always remain sweet. You know, even if they forget things, but they remain sweet. Because inside, there is sweetness. So it only, you know, can come out what is inside. But for those who are hiding something else inside, you know, for those who are hiding hell in their hearts, one day they cannot manage to hold up the mask anymore. And when the mask drops, you will say, how could it happen? You know? No, what happened was just that the guy cannot hold his mask anymore. You understand? It's as simple as that. So make sure that this will not happen to you. You know, we should get old. It's a good thing to get old. Plan to get old, you know? But always remain sweet, you know. Always remain a blessing to others, even if you, if you are not uh, remembering some of the things anymore. You know, I had one grandmother, and she was a Christian all her life. I didn't know that when I was young. But, you know, when we went to her home, it was always sweet. And, you know, as she grew up, I remember when we were still young, uh, just uh, teenagers or even younger than teenagers' children, we were always... Uh, uh, trying to go to her place because it was a sweet place. We didn't know why. When she got old, she was very forgetful, you know. 
She could not remember most of the things, but still more, she was always sweet. Granny was sweet. Because in her heart, there was sweetness. There was honey in her heart. So when she opened her mouth, honey came out. Even if the, the, even the mind was no longer fully functioning, but sweetness came from her heart. And that's what God wants us to exercise in our own lives. Make sure that what fills your life is the sweetness which comes through the grace of God. Hallelujah. Bear with each other. Charity begins at home, so make sure that you give sweetness to your spouse. Sweetness to your parents. Sweetness to your children. Make sure. Don't just try to escape from home and then instead become a very successful somewhere, uh, somebody outside. You know? that, that will not help you. Begin from home. Charity begins at home and then spreads outwards. You see, the family is the real source of blessing in our society. And if the family is broken, that broken family can become the, cause, the curse of society. We need to realize that. Where, where the family is broken, the society becomes very weak and very vulnerable. My next point, number four. Let me take you for that to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 23 up to verse 25. Hebrews 10. It's always good to read from the Word of God. The Bible says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep His promise. Hallelujah. We have a very strong backing. That backing will never go away because God keeps his promise. Amen? Now, listen, verse 24. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us think of ways. That doesn't sound like simple, isn't it? You need to to consider, take time, invest. Let us think of ways to motivate one, one another to acts of love and good way, works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his returning is drawing near. Encourage one another. You know, we can discourage each other so much by being hard on each other, on pointing out the spot on somebody's shirt. Oh, we can become really nasty. But the word of God says, encourage each other. When you see a spot, just tell your friend, I'm sorry it happened. Next time, it will not happen anymore. Let's help each other so that we can overcome that black spot, that shortcoming, that weakness, or whatever it is. Let's overcome it together. Isn't that a better way to do things? Amen? Good things do not happen by accident. Has anybody seen an accident and then a lot of good things have happened out of the accident? You know, when accidents happen, people get hurt. People lose their lives. Property is being destroyed. This is what an accident is. 
Good things do not happen by accident. You understand that? So in other words, for good things to happen, it needs somebody, somewhere, to do something. And I hope you're the one who is going to think about good things which can be done through you and produce good fruits, good things. Amen? So when you go into marriage, and some, some people, they go into marriage and they think good things happen by accident. And because they don't happen, they get tired of each other. Very quickly. But you know, good things must be done by somebody. They must be kicked off by somebody. And I want to encourage you, be the one who kicks off a good thing. Alright? The Bible says here, let us think of, me, of ways to motivate one another. Motivation is important. Okay, if you have seen somebody fail, motivate him to try again. Motivating to do greater things. If somebody has done some little good, try to help him to do greater goods. Oh, praise God, I love that. You know, be a motivator and be a good example, you know, so that other people get motivated by, by, by what they see in your life. You know, don't just be a road sign. This is the way to uh, the land of promise, you know. But be a leader to the land of promise. You know, some people, they always have good advice for others, but they never do it themselves. So be a leader, be a motivator, and lead by example. Motivate one another to acts of love and good works. I love that. But you know, for that to happen, effort is required. Effort. Make every effort, the Bible tells us. So don't sit back and expect, you know, uh, all the blessings to come and uh, uh, fall into your lap by, by accident. It will not happen. You need to be involved. You need to do something. Find an avenue where you can show the love of God to others, beginning in your home, your family, your neighborhood, your working place, wherever. Find an avenue. And if there is no avenue, find a way. If there is no way, make a way. All right? Love always finds a way. Write this down. Love always finds a way. Ah, I love that. You know, the devil was very convinced after Adam and Eve fell into sin, he was very convinced that he had the world firmly in his hand. He was very convinced that now God couldn't do anything anymore because the purpose of God was derailed in mankind. And man had sold his birthright to the devil. So the devil was very convinced. He sat back and he was having a very ugly laugh in hell, you know, or wherever he was moving. But love finds a way. Amen? And because love finds a way, God did not give up. 
but God found a way. It was not an easy way. It was a difficult way. It was not a cheap way. It cost his life. It was not a way which was just a joy to walk on. It was a way of tears. But a way was there. God's love was able to make a way where there was no way. And if you want to show the love and goodness and kindness to others, it may not be an easy way. It not, may not be always a way of joy, but it will always result in joy. But in, in between, there may be some tears. The Bible says, for the joy set before Jesus, he endured the cross. He endured the shame, the persecution, the hardship, the pain. He endured it because he knew there was joy going to come ahead. And brothers and sisters, friends, for you to experience joy in your home, joy in your relationships, joy in your working place or wherever you are, you need to pay a price. You need to make every effort to do good things, to motivate others also to do good things. You know, those of you, those of, 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 of you who are with friends, motivate them, you know, or with a spouse or whatever, motivate yourself and others to do good things. Find ways to do good things. I tell you, the most rewarding thing in the world is when you are blessing others. That's the best thing you can ever experience. There are too many people who are just too selfish. But Jesus said it is much more blessed for you to be a blessing and to give away than for you to receive. And let me tell you, the people who, who give will always be receiving. Because when you give, there is an empty space which God can fill in your life. Amen? So give. Motivate each other. Find a way, because love always finds a way. Let your family flourish of good works and acts of love. And let me tell you, say something in case you are saying, well, I wish this would be possible in my family because my spouse is not a believer or he's very ugly or he she is not doing the right thing or whatever. Let me tell you, you can begin the right way. You must find a way. You know that Jesus found a way all by himself. He didn't come to earth and sit down with mankind and says, what, what way can we find out of this mess? No, he found the way. Amen? And he walked the way. And he died on the way. But he rose again. And I want to tell you, if you are a spouse who loves the Lord, then you can make a difference in your life. Even if you begin alone, begin to do good things. And you will see God is with you. Allow God to do his good work in your life. You know, if your vessel overflows, others will definitely be blessed. Let me come back to the book of Philippians chapter 1 verse 9. And I, I want you, especially those of you who are saying, my family life is so difficult. You know, I find it almost impossible to do anything because of my spouse. Let me tell you, as long as you are there as an ambassador of Christ, there is hope. 
Amen? The Bible says, I pray that your love, not your spouse's love, but your love, will overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the, the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled. Listen, may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. I want to encourage you. You know, if you, cannot, if you say I cannot be a blessing, maybe because you are empty. If you are full, definitely you can be a blessing. Even to the most wicked person you can meet. You can be a blessing. If you overflow, something will spill off into the lives of others. Even if they are living far away from the heart of God and the love of God. And that's what God calls us to do. If you are living a hard type of life in your marriage, in your family, or in a, any other relationship, let me tell you, let your love overflow more and more and more and more. Because whoever is near you will be affected by that love. Amen? Even the person who has given you so much headache will be affected by that love. Don't always look for the mistake in somebody else. Because, you know, we are human beings. I said it already. Specs are not only on one side. They're always on both sides. But what you should mind is that your life is being filled with the love of God. With tender-hearted mercy. With mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And you will be able to make a difference. You know, we all need a transformation of our character. The Bible says we need to learn to, to live pure lives. Lives which are worthy of Jesus Christ, our Lord. So when you get annoyed about your spouse, you know, it, all it also tells something about the lack of your fullness of love. 